Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save. It is week 15. What? We're, we're through the Hold on. fantasy regular season, friends. Wow. Playoffs? Playoffs? Does it Playoffs? feel that way? We're trying to win a game. I cannot Playoffs. believe that we are all the way to the point where we are now talking playoffs for fantasy football. It feels uh-huh. like the season just started and also like it started 600 years ago. I was speak for yourself, speak for yourself on this just started nonsense. I am so <laughs> yeah. damn tired. I just want to get through these next four weeks somehow. Like, oh my, I would do anything for... I mean, for a lot, 10 hours of sleep consecutively, which might never happen as a dad ever again. But I would, I mean, I would pay in, in like, I would pay Mike Clay's salary uh, for a month just to have 10 hours of sleep straight. That, how great would that be right That'd now? Be awesome. How yeah. awesome would that be? I listened to a little on the way in. I, you know, like we said, it is week 15. I had to, I'd have a good musical pick me up. I listened to the killers on the way in. I've heard of them. It's Mr. almost impossible not yeah. to listen to the killers and not feel a little bit pumped up, you know, a little excited. That's the way too mainstream the band for you. Like I'm so disappointed. I thought you're going to be like, yeah. So I was listening to like whatever. He's going like, somewhere with this though. Yeah. Like the lavender vases. It's like a small <laughs> yeah. indie band from like, you know, El Paso. And we're like, what? Like, I, do, I do love the lavender okay. vases. They are a good one. Oh, I don't know. That. Okay. Wow. No. Yeah. yeah band, no, that was okay. a good shout out though. Yeah. Field. No, but seriously, I was thinking about my favorite. Favorite like pick me up song on the way in when you just need like that little bit of energy, little bit of go. I think mine is unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Oh, okay. Oh, now okay. you're speaking right. my language. So I'm just okay. curious. Do you guys have one? Like when I was thinking about it, like, do you have one that you're like, man, I just, I just need like that one song. I'm going to put it on to feel a little better or to pick me up for today. First off, I am very serious, even though that is not like a crappy band you've never heard of. No. Natasha Bedingfield Unwritten is just no. a dope song. It is. The rest is still mm. unwritten. Um, let me think. A song, so I, yeah, I'm I way more like I'm in phases spot. much more than I am like yeah. a go-to song. Okay, that's fair. Um, but like pretty, I listen to like pretty much exclusively Morgan Wallen, it feels like these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, yep. I listen to a lot of country music. So uh, Morgan Wallen Which is, is exactly definitely. exactly how you all pigged field, right? That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Of course. Yeah. You know, it was great though. Is that you know my well, you're first like country pop? But but you know my first ever concert, first concert, Young Field Yates ever went to, Usher. Stop! Uh, it's just hilarious That's in and of itself. Okay. But then this is the next. This is the best. This is the and I, well. This is kind of a crazy thing to think about right now. This is probably about I don't know twenty or so years ago. Usher went to the TD Garden, which is in Boston, my hometown, and the opening act for Usher at this point. This is a. Whew, Kanye West. That's been a minute. (laughs) Kanye West. This was like a like college dropout time. So this guy shows up in a in a purple velour suit, and they're like, "Yeah, welcome on Kanye West." And I'm like, "Who?" I was like, "Okay, all right." Like, I don't know anything about this guy. Twelve year old Field Yates doesn't really understand what's going on. Yeah. So events. Yeah, I've I've evolved from Kanye West and Usher concerts to like Morgan Wallen and Kane Brown. Well, he said like 20 years ago. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd have been. Yeah, somewhere in that somewhere range. in that range. Did you go with your parents? Uh, no, it was my my one of my best friends in the world. Bobby Whalen took me there. Uh, he very kindly oh, invited him. Just yeah, trying Bobby's to make sure, guy. like you know, yeah. Stefania. I want to know. Yeah, my mom was just you know, having time <laughs> of her life at the Usher, Usher concert. Yeah, I really want to know what you listen to because I've gotten in your car before. We've listened to Bob Marley. Like I yeah, know that no, you're, like, have, you're a big reggae I person. I'm a big reggae person. Actually, Three Little Birds is like one of my all time mm. favorite. Like. That's a that's a make me feel good song, but I listen to everything. Oh, I yeah, listen you do. to anybody who knows me knows I I got my country favorites. Mike's, um, yeah. 
you probably hang out with these people too. Like, oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah, right. I yeah, wish. You're like, I would say you know. my country music listening has evolved. Okay. Yeah. Lately. Smart. Yeah, Good no, I, I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah. Mike, you have the one you want to throw on before we get started. Just to get this? like in a good yeah. mood, get fired up. Yeah, yeah. PPR, uh, NFL primetime music. Yeah. Stop it. That's it. <laughs> on a loop. Wait, just no, like all of the just Monday Night Football. I, was I just say, have what the, yeah. What are they? Go. Whatever. Yeah, you know, Ricky Bobby Eagles is listening. Fly. Yeah, no, Mike. Racing music and racing sound effects. Yeah, racing sound effects. I just listened to Dan Campbell press conference. There you go. That's it. That's it. Hey man, that will work. There are a couple teams that played Monday Night Football. Could. Excuse me, could use a little Dan Campbell press conferences. Oh, my goodness. This game was not super fun for me to be able to watch, and Stefania, part of that is because of some of the injuries that took place. Yeah, it was not fun at all for me to watch. I, every time I looked up, there was yeah, somebody brutal. else leaving the game, and no more important, perhaps, than uh, Kyler Murray, who le- was injured on third play of the game. And if you were watching... Um, I think people have become familiar by now with sort of the classic non-contact ACL looking injury and it's plant cut rotate you know that that deceleration where they put their foot in the ground they're trying to bend inward and you see the knee buckle that's sort of the hallmark for ACL and in fact um, if you're so inclined and you want to go back and look at the video you will if you zoom in close you can actually see the moment where it fails I think it's important because people end up like what happened what could happen there your ACL basically controls deceleration rotation and your movement of your thigh bone on your shin bone and you will see Kyler Murray's leg pop there and so uh, it was pretty instantaneous he was obviously very emotional uh, going back on the cart yep. players know when something serious happens right away and just very unfortunate. We <clears throat> will be talking about him in the off season. Um, uh, of course, the timing of it being December mm-hmm. is going to make it tough, especially with the type of player that he is, a player who depends on his legs to contribute um, to his game. Um, I would say we're not going to count on the start of the season. We don't even have the official report yet. He there's a lot there's reporting suspicion of an ACL. Uh, MRI is coming today to confirm, but also to confirm. If there is other associated damage in there. So with that being said, Colt McCoy would step in under center to lead this offense field. Yates, right? And Mike, I'll let you handle some of the quarterback fallout, like where you would turn to replace Kyler mm-hmm. Murray. But to be honest with you guys and not to be glib, I don't think this changes anything for the pass catchers in Arizona. Yeah. If you look at the three games, basically that Colt McCoy has played and finished, which I know we didn't start one of them obviously last night, but he's played basically three full games and Deandre Hopkins in those three full games, like seven catches, nine catches, 11 catches. He hasn't found the end zone, but it's not like this offense has been scoring a ton of points anyways. His target share in those games is utterly ridiculous right now. Mm -hmm. One thing that we have learned, albeit in a small sample size, is that when there's Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, even before we have Rondell Moore in the mix, DeAndre Hopkins, clear-cut number one. Hollywood Brown, clear-cut number two. As far as lineup blocks are concerned right now, whether it was Kyler, whether it was Colt McCoy, it's DeAndre Hopkins, and that's it for lineup blocks amongst these Cardinals pass catchers. I think D-Hop's value holds steady. I expect him to see 10 to 15 targets every single game going forward. (laughs) He had 11 targets in that game. That was his worst game of the season. Ridiculous. Really? Like, yeah. 11 yeah, targets for fantasy output. Wow. He, makes like a really, he makes like a legitimately boneheaded play last night. Yeah. And, yeah. and still gets 13 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Like, by the way, did you guys see that stat? This is ridiculous. Just a. Bill Belichick has now faced DeAndre Hopkins nine times. Yeah. He's never scored a touchdown against them. That is so weird. That I heard is that crazy. last night and I thought it was wrong. That, like, like, nine that games. Possible? Like, imagine if yeah. DeAndre played a half season without scoring. You'd be like, what? That's a crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, follow that and, one away. They probably don't play for four yet, more years. And yet he was effusive so. with praise. 
uh, a rare Bill Belichick. Oh, he was all he was he was planting the seeds. Yeah, totally. I'd have to look at his like full box scores in those games, but Belichick we know famous for just prioritizing number one, right, and kind of shutting those down. So. Makes some sense. I How guess. about the quarterbacks, though? Like, are there, is there somebody that comes to mind right now as we look ahead? I think mm-hmm. we're late enough in the season, Mike, where I feel like streaming is absolutely in play. I mean, of you're course, yeah. talking about a maximum of four weeks, maybe three weeks, maybe even one if you don't play your cards right. And there's some reasonable options for week 15. I right. Think. And it's a conversation we have every week, right? We're just streaming based on matchup, right? Like we talked about Kirk Cousins and uh, Jared Goff. We're mm-hmm. not going to talk about him. Not but this week. Guys like that. Uh, you know, Tyler Huntley probably going to fill in one more week, we think, right now. We'll Mike see. White. We'll see. Maybe. But he's an option. Mike White, of course, Tyler I think I've Family is in the concussion protocol. Yeah, we'll so. keep an eye on that. Um, but, you know, guys like that in the top 15 in our rankings, which should drop today, um, you know, we'll we'll just keep streaming. Yeah, you're just going to have yeah. to. If you would, Kyler, you're just going to have to take a week by week. Mike White, certainly the name that comes to mind the most for me this week. Uh, and then, and, and these are, if you look at, these are players who are available in 50% or more of leagues. Right. And I, I certainly know that he's probably a long shot to play right now. I'm just throwing it out there in the event that the tides turn quickly. Russell Wilson, who played much better last week and a reasonable matchup for the Broncos this upcoming Sunday as well against the Arizona Cardinals, who we know have struggled to defend the pass for much of this. Yeah, season. that's what we thought we'd get from Russ all season. And the sec, you know, if you watched him until he got hurt, he, they just turned it on. They were just going up and down great. the field, coming back on without the Chiefs. Without Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Without Cortland Sutton. Yes, yeah. but I think we'll, very much we'll see on Russ. I, I know yeah. it's, it's a Seems nasty doubtful. situation, but. We'll I would say, we'll, yeah, he might not be with Tyler Huntley. He might not be with Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. I did, yeah. We will no talk love with for Brock Purdy. Wow. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Eric Moody joining us a little bit later on in the show to be able to talk the waiver wire, especially at the quarterback position. So we will talk with him there. James Conner looked fantastic. You know, in all gave intense, us a scare, like left for a few plays, a little bit, but came back in and looked ran amazingly well. That touchdown, I mean, run that touchdown was, was oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, that was that was that great. was like the vintage. That was to me. That was. That, that was when that was like what you want from James Conner. And on the other side of the football, Stefania Ramondre Stevenson also got banged I up. I know. And he's been just so super awesome, not only for the Patriots, but for fantasy players, because uh, he's really been the dominant back and on a team that has seemed to show us that they want to go by committee yeah. and then hasn't been able to because Ramondre has been so darn good, but he left with an ankle injury, did come back briefly and then ended up going to the locker room and did not return. He did say after the game that he uh, hopes to be able to play next week, but we shall see. And there's a couple things here beyond Ramondre's injury is that Damian Harris uh, was doubtful to play last night. He didn't mm-hmm. work out, did a pregame sort of a, a game time decision. Probably was never that likely, yeah. but still he's getting closer to a return. We could see him this upcoming Sunday for the Raiders. If he's in, Ramondre's out. Damian Harris has plenty of value in that matchup against Las Vegas. But the Patriots may have found something last night as well, because while they had been reticent to play their two rookie running backs, Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong Jr., who were both taken uh, in this past year's draft. Mm -hmm. Both of those guys passed the eye test in a major way. I mean, Pierre Strong can flat out fly. If anybody watched him during the pre-draft process, one of the fastest players at the Combine, absolute burner at South Dakota State. And then for Kevin Harris, he led the SEC in rushing two years ago. The SEC, like the best conference in college football by far. Like This is not some guy you'd never heard of. So uh, if both Harris and excuse me, both, uh, yeah, I guess the other Harris, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are out. I think you can probably look to those two players. Like they'll probably both be like flex considerations for me this upcoming week. Yeah. Kevin Harris was, it was so surprising that he fell to the sixth round that the Patriots were like, we have like 94 running backs. We're going to take him anyway. Right. He's super young. He just turned 22 last month, big back 
like you said, super productive and efficient in college, but I don't know. He just fell really far in the draft. It was kind of weird. I think it's just the nature of the beast at running back right yeah. now. And he's so young, but that's a name to know in dynasty. Yeah, I think. Especially both if, of them are. Yeah. yeah. Especially if like Damian moves on in the off season, he's you have Ramondre and someone like Kevin Harris could be their big back compliment. So just name to know for sure. Field, I just want to say real quickly, you were like, Hey, I'm not saying this is a top 10 decision, but if you need like a dart throw at the tight end <laughs> position, I think there's a guy that you can look at here. Yeah, death taxes in the Arizona Cardinals surrendering yeah. points Hunter to Henry. your opposing tight ends. Yeah. And you know what, though? That got you 10 fantasy points. Yeah. If you'd listen to Field Jates and Good you were enough, like, right? I just need somebody, Field got you 10 fantasy points at the tight end Good position. Good enough. It's not perfect. You know, he came close. He was tackling like with the four or five yeah. yard oh, line. Yeah. So yeah. close to getting in the end zone. Hunter is a good football player, man. Like, yep. if he was the only tight end on an offense and in a, a pass happier offense, we'd be talking about him. Like we were for many years in fantasy. It's not like he's gotten worse as a player, but uh, good to see him productive. And, you know, the Patriots, uh, this upcoming week, play the Raiders, who I think are a team you can probably throw the football against as well as Baker Mayfield showed this past Thursday night. Heck yeah. All right. Let's move ahead and talk about some of the news, Stefania. And we're going to keep, I, honestly, I'm just, I hope you wore your professional pants because okay. you're going to earn your paycheck today. <laughs> we're going to start with the 49ers. I, I have a lot of responses. Okay. <laughs> professional <laughs> pants. That's a new one. I don't even know what that means, but. Debo Samuel, it. unfortunately, we watched him get carted off. Anytime Listen. you watch someone get carted off, it's tough. But as what a 49ers you fan, like you start to go, okay, who's it going to be this week? Who's it going to be this week that's going to leave with an injury? And then you go, no, not Debo, because he's just such a presence on the field. Um, and just there's nobody who can do what he does. And what he does is he gets extra yardage on every single play. And he usually does it by dragging about five defenders mm. with him. And because he was doing that on this exact play, he gets rolled up on from behind. And mm. if you saw it, it was just an ugly injury. And in fact, remarkable that he isn't more seriously hurt because of it. Cause go back and look at the video. He gets both feet caught up behind him, but especially his left one, his foot gets rotated outwards. The guy falls on top of him. His knee is twisted and then his back is hyperextended over the top of it. I had somebody in medical field text me and ask me how to Debo's back because that looks so bad. And the injury mm. that we're talking about is actually to his ankle and his, and his knee. So, um, quick counterpoint. Also, maybe you don't have to go back and look at the video if you don't want to, because it wasn't fantastic. <laughs> no, but I think, I think it just, the other problem was that as he was pretzeled up there, the defenders staying on top of him. Yeah. So a lot of things, when we look at like how severe is the injury going to be, a lot of it is how quick, how quick is the foot release out of the turf? How quick are they able to get out of the position? Cause you're, if you're in positions where your tissues aren't supposed to be mm -hmm. and you sustain it, that's a recipe for a worse injury. Just simple physics. Anyway, ended up with an ankle and a knee combo. It often happens when you get a foot rotating outwards. It's kind of the mechanism for a high ankle injury. Sounds like he's got some sort of... Uh, what do you call it? It's some sort of in-between injury with his ankle that they're not committing to the nature of it, but also an MCL sprain in his knee. That's what you would expect. They do say they hope to have him back before the end of the regular season. Look, just know it's a multi-week absence. If I'm playing fantasy and I'm going all the way, you know, if I, if, if I think I have a championship team, uh, caliber team, I'm probably holding on to him in the hope that I get him for week 17 or 18. But it's week 15. Realistically, I, I don't know. 17 is going to be a maybe. Uh, I, I think 17, eight, you know, it might be week 18. So yeah. And by the way, with the way that the NFC playoff picture is shaping up, it's possible, not a guarantee that week 18, they could have nothing to play for. 
Right. They're 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 at worst the three seed. And they say we're going to save you for Uh the playoff rounds, which would be if you're the Niners, that would be. So I think he's you know if if you absolutely are desperate for a spot in some unique circumstance. Hey, it's if you okay got an IR job. spot, that's what it's, that's what it's for, yeah, right? But if, yeah. if if you have someone else who is likelier to return sooner than that, yeah. that has legitimate value, that's probably the IR preference. But I think it's okay if you're in a really bad spot. It yeah. feels yeah. like yeah. he's iffy to return. And even if he does, you know, and if he is suddenly <clears throat> returning at two weeks, I'm really nervous about that. I, mean, I think yeah. if you have five, six bench spots at this point with no more buys, sure. you should be okay to hold them yeah. on your bench. But I'm with you. It's not a, it, he's droppable. I'm yeah. a, I agree. Yeah. We'll talk about Brandon Ayuk in this 49ers offense throughout the week as we see where everybody gets ranked. Stefania, let's keep moving with Mike White, who went out with a rib injury and then also tried to come back in and continue to play with a rib injury. I mean, look, he was in a lot of pain. We've seen this type of thing before. If you remember Justin Herbert earlier yep. this season and immediately the amount of pain, these are super painful injuries, whether it's the rib itself, the rib cartilage, doesn't matter. It's painful. And I think, you know, the thing people wonder, like he went out, he went and got x-rays. They're looking for a fracture, a displaced fracture or something happening to the lung. Those are the things that would preclude you from coming back into the game, but then he had to be cleared to fly. So went to the hospital, got a CAT scan, uh, which is a more complete imaging for this type of thing. Uh, but it's going to be painful. We talk about this all the time. It's not just the contact. People are like, oh, he can wear a flak jacket. He'll be fine. It's like, no, actually, your ribs move underneath the flap jacket. They move, <laughs> flak jacket, they move when you breathe. Mm. They move when you twist. They move when you throw. All the things you have to do as a quarterback. So it's going to be a pain tolerance issue. They can do pain numbing injections. Typically, they do it under imaging to protect against any possibility of injecting the lung. Um, but that's what Mike White's facing. Based on how tough he was, you're thinking he's probably going to play. Seems like it. But mm-hmm. whether, you know, these are these are tough to predict how effective quarterbacks' numbers typically drop in that first week they come back from a rib Going to get a Detroit Lions defense this week. The Jets are, so we'll continue to monitor Mike White there and what it means for that Have offense. Have seen them DFS, the DFS pricing on the Jets this week? It's pretty good. Way too everyone low. Is, everyone is low. It's We're going to be a lot of Jets in, lot in of uh, Jets. DFS this week. They'll yep. be the most played team by far. I well, think. I can't wait for that show. That's going to be super fun to hear you and Al talk about how much. Let's go. Hey, you got your taste of a lot of Lions. That's right. And you right. know what happened? Nothing. They disappointed I us. Know. They were terrible. Okay? I was so frustrated about that too. Swift. And my, I invested in Lions this week in DFS. Jared Goff? Crush me. Worst week of the year oh, wait, by no, far. Oh, hate Jared Goff. That's no, what it was. Amon Ra, yeah. Swift. I went yeah. that way. Of course, it was DJ Terrible. Chark and Jamison Williams and Justin Jackson, the kid in the end zone. Mm, All right. That hurt. Let's talk about a player that Mike loves a whole lot, though, and that's DJ Moore. Stefania has yeah. an ankle injury. All of a sudden, DJ Moore could be relevant. Maybe. But then... He ends up with, well, it's a knee sprain, actually. Oh, knee sprain, yeah, okay. Knee it sprain. went from ankle. The team yeah. called it an ankle injury, and then the well, reporting you know, from Schefter was it was a knee, so. And again, sometimes these things can be nebulous. Uh, anyway, ends up with the, what they're calling a not very serious knee sprain. We'll see. Okay. Uh, wait and see. All right. He had zero catches last week. It wasn't great. Yeah. No, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Yeah. First, uh, was his first game without a catch since his NFL debut wow. in 2018. Wow. Wow. That's not what you're the Steelers on Sunday do the Panthers. You expect that game to be very low in terms of over under. Mm. Stefania, how about the Bengals? We got a pair of wide receivers that are both oh banged up in T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd as well. Yeah, let's talk about Tyler Boyd first. Um, dislocated his finger, looked painful. Um, they're calling him day to day, but this, as a receiver, this could be the kind of thing that could cause him to miss time depending on, on how they are going to manage it. Okay. So okay. Um, could be a week, could be a couple weeks, could be that he's okay. So um, swelling and, and again, how they manage, how they choose to manage it will influence uh 
what happens with him. So no guarantee that he's available. Uh, T. Higgins. <laughs> Soapbox. Mm. T. Higgins. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, had a hamstring issue that we knew about, mm-hmm. but was off the injury report completely, so cleared to go in the game. Okay. Is active for the game, as we expected. Played one snap. Originally, I thought it was the first snap of the game, but I think it was the third snap yep, third, of the game. First third down, yeah. Came in, one play, out. And to which everyone was like, what happened, what happened, what happened? And so there were questions to answer. And the, um, it, the Zach Taylor said something I thought was interesting because I think his first words were that they lost him in warm-ups, meaning something happened in warm-ups that made them feel like all of us. And that's legitimate. We've seen that happen before, right? Okay. Players go out, warm-up, uh, all of a sudden they and a hamstring, very easy to aggravate it. Makes total sense. However, if it happened during warm-ups, my expectation would be that then he would be a scratch and you would have time to make adjustments. But Zach Taylor followed it up by saying they had some packages for him, like red zone packages, presumably where he wouldn't have to run, that they would put him in for. Um, But then they didn't. So little fishy. I think there will be more clarity this week just based on what happened. If he can't go, he's... We're gonna we're gonna know much more about mm. his status going in. It won't be clear like this. That's week. weird. They'd have packages for him if it that quickly, right? For more well, much of the game, just so suspicious. So and it's the second time this year here, this has happened. Here's the thing: is that if you had planned that during the week, you would think he wouldn't be completely off the injury right. report, exactly. right? That's the thing. Like if you knew you might run. If you were so a hundred percent, because people use questionable for guys where they're like 90% sure they're going to play, you know, and it, 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 so it's, it's vague and I get that, but that one, this one just felt a little off to me because, uh, it it was almost like, and they also said he snuck in for a snap, but third down, I'm like, well, then maybe you weren't planning on using him at all. You know, it was just, uh, that's not fair. Fantasy managers everywhere. Very upset. I was one of them. Yeah, especially in a week where if you needed to win to get in the playoffs and you trusted T against, you and know, didn't. that's going to be a tough one. <laughs> All right. One last thing to be able to talk about here as far as news, and that's the Dallas Cowboys signing a wide receiver in T.Y. Hilton. Does this mean anything for fantasy? Nope. 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 No, you're, All right. He'll be, uh, I think he'll be utilized a lot like Des- Deshaun Jackson has been in Baltimore the past few weeks where they work him in for occasional plays. Maybe in the playoffs, he's more useful to them, but from a fantasy perspective, no way. Yeah. Who's a better player right now? Michael Gallup or T.Y. Hilton? Michael Gallup. Gallup. And you have Lamb and, what, and they what, like Noah Brown. He's going to mix yeah, in. And but, but don't, how much fantasy value does Michael Gallup consistently have? Not a lot. Okay. So if he has, if he's a better player and he has minimal fantasy value, I'm using that logic to say mm-hmm. happy for T.Y. Hilton. It's a really cool opportunity. A guy who has never won at the highest levels. Maybe he can with this Dallas Cowboys team. Um, doesn't sound like this totally slams the door shut on Odell Beckham Jr. But Didn't it certainly feels like or bring uh, James, James Washington, Washington back, back as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like to me, it's like they want to have availability of people. That's the best ability, yeah, is what yeah. a lot of people have said. <laughs> Sounds like OBJ is not going to be available to the playoffs. Yeah. So nope. Yeah. Um, and by the way, all of the Cowboys touchdowns are running backs. All running back. So Seriously, like, like it's, so it really you know. doesn't matter. I actually wonder if this like might be a matchup where, like, it's the first time in a while where the Cowboys have played a team where the opposing offense is good enough that it could be relatively high scoring, but the opposing defense is not so dominant in the passing game that they're just going to be inclined to run it all the time. Mm. Like even a game like against Indianapolis, it's like, well, if you're playing the Colts, what are you going to do? Throw Mm -hmm. the ball a bunch? No, you're going to run it a bunch. So this kind of has shades of like when they played the Vikings and they absolutely stomped them, 
right? Like Dak Prescott was effective in the passing game as well. So maybe Dak gets back on track because he has been bad. He's got to settle down. Mm-hmm. Three and straight games under 17 and a half. And they're scoring points. touchdowns at will too. Yeah, it's like four touchdowns plus in like six straight games, something like that. And he's just not been good in fantasy. We've not, talked about there. He just doesn't have to throw in all the touchdowns yeah. or rushes from well, Zeke and Pollard. He doesn't have to throw, but when he has, he's tied with like eight interceptions since his return, tied for first in the NFL. So like when he is throwing, he's, him and Josh Allen both just need to settle down because they're too good of quarterbacks to be playing the <laughs> well, way that they've I, been you know, playing. To be honest, like for Josh, I'm like, yeah, it's like needs to settle. He's still got 20 fantasy points last week, which is yeah. crazy. Which is He's crazy. Still just, yeah. I, and I know it hasn't been quite as dominant over the past it's month. It's not enough. It's not yes. enough. <laughs> Look at you guys. <laughs> we need 40. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, can you run into the end zone, Josh? Maybe Sunday night. Josh he Allen. did this past Sunday. Yeah, he did. Oh, I'm sorry, Saturday night. Last Saturday against yeah, yeah, Miami. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about some yeah, players some that are trending up. We are on to the playoffs. If you are playing in the ESPN playoffs. playoffs, you are likely starting the playoffs this week. If it's a single week playoff, just week 14 you still are. or weeks 14 and 15. Yeah, you probably still are. 60. Three round. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> either way. So let's talk about a few people. Yep. Field, I'm going to start with you. Isaiah Pacheco yep. has definitely been heating up as of late for this Chiefs team. He yeah. has five straight games with 15 or more touches. However, Jarek McKinnon is also not going away in this offense. We watched him get in the end zone twice last week. Well, so a couple things have changed of late. So first of all, this one from a three-man backfield to a two-man backfield. It yep. is Isaiah Pacheco and also Jarek McKinnon. And while previously Jarek McKinnon was getting no rushing and all the receiving, and Isaiah Pacheco was getting all the rushing and no receiving, it's become like 90% Pacheco as the runner. 10% Pacheco as the receiver and then the inverse for Jarek McKinnon, which is why McKinnon was what RB one this past week. Hilariously at 32.9 fantasy <laughs> that points. little flip pass that Patrick Mahomes did no, to him. That just was still so good <laughs> anyways. Yes, but it's a good stretch coming up here for Pacheco because over the next two weeks, they play the Texans and the Seahawks, who have been amongst the worst run defenses in the NFL. The Texans are by far the worst in the NFL. And while nothing went right for the Cowboys until the last minute of last game, we told you all week it was possible that they might just hand the ball off to Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. They might rush for five touchdowns. They combined for three instead, but still, it was a great matchup for the running backs. They cashed in. I suspect Pacheco will do the exact same thing over each of the next two weeks. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, the Chiefs running backs have the easiest remaining schedule, yeah. at least over the next three weeks. So that's great news if you have Pacheco. And Jarek McKinnon is, I mean, I'm going to have him ranked top 30 this week. He's, yep. he's getting there based on his usage, especially that nine target number mm-hmm. last yeah. week. But the big thing for Pacheco now, we know he's getting the carries, right? But those three targets last week were a career high possible that sustains just because like you said we only have two backs now not three so uh if he can stay in that two to to four range that'll help his floor a lot by the way i'm telling you right now if like because we just said all these things they'll claim Eno benjamin tomorrow yeah Yeah. that's That's what's gonna gonna happen yeah right they tried to claim him the last time i got some guy in the practice squad to the past few weeks melvin gordon but don't you think Eno's a better player than melvin right now or showed better Uh, i don't know you know it's close. He showed better than Melvin Gordon earlier this you know, season. He's gotten waved by two teams this year, Gordon by one. I know, so. <laughs> but who showed better when there are opportunities this year? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think it's I, a 50 50 fumbling, split. but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think he's I'd lean on Gordon but... over Benjamin. But. All right, fair enough. Let's move on. Stefania, I want to ask you about Houston's top wide receivers. Nico Collins was awesome. 36 targets, weeks 10 through 13. Got banged up, did not play this last week, but who did play this last week was Chris Moore, and he also crushed. 
in response. Yeah. So yeah. Nico Collins was questionable, did not play this last week. Anything that we need to be worried about with him if we want to utilize him here this week? Well, I think we're just going to have to wait and see. You know, he was pretty iffy going into the end of the week. It wasn't like they knew at the start of the week that he wasn't going to play. So I think that means there's a chance that he's available this week. Uh, but it depends how practice goes. It's a foot injury and a big wide receiver. To your point, the week that he last played, which was week 13, he only had three catches, but he had 10 targets. Like, mm-hmm. He's their guy. Ton he, of volume. Yeah, yeah. Ton of volume, Mike. How do you go? And, and this is one of those things. When you're looking at the playoffs, no teams are on a bye. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about the streaming option. Everyone's going to be in there. But when you're looking at that kind of volume, it's tough to be able to go away from it. It is. Seven or more targets in four straight, but under 50 yards in all four of those games, yeah. right? It's just the efficiency hasn't their matched uh, the usage. Nico only has one finish better than 30th this year. So at best, he's a flex. I will say this, though. No one wants to hear this, but... The easiest schedule for receivers yes, the next three weeks is the matchups. Houston Texans. Yeah, so no maybe way. there's a little bit of flex appeal there with uh, with Collins and perhaps, dare I say, Brandon Cooks. But yeah, again, it hope, comes down to health. You hope throw. that, well, and you also hope that Damian Pierce is playing because yeah, that will make it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a big question mark because if he's not, I do think it gets a little tougher for the receivers. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. All right, let's talk Jerry Judy here real quickly. Stefania, we did not see Cortland Sutton this week. Yeah, still Are- considered day-to-day with a hamstring, but obviously that hamstring's been problematic for multiple weeks now. I would not count on him. All right, so not counting on him, but going to continue to monitor the practice reports and see if anything changes. Mike, with that being said, Jerry Judy looked awesome this week with Russell Wilson under center. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. Jerry Judy. He kind of hit his stride this year around midseason, and he really started to pick it up from there. Seven or more targets in his last five full games, 16 or more fantasy points in his last three uh, full games as well. Uh, he'll be... He'll be a wide receiver three for me this week. If Sutton's out again up to a wide receiver two, he's been awesome. And, and to your point, three touchdowns last week was was fantastic. By the way, Denver's wide receiver is one of the easiest remaining schedules as well. So really? Well and for what Judy if Russell and, Wilson is not the one yeah, well, that's, under center? That's not great, obviously, but uh, he did. <laughs> because Judy, I think there's a very real possibility. That's why. I'm, how many of it? Judy caught at least one touchdown from Rippon, right? Yeah, I mean, he did. One of them yeah. late one of, in the game came from Rippon, but it is a dramatically different offense. Yeah. I know Russell Wilson's been bad, but... Brett Rippon, um, he started two games, I believe. I think I've seen too too many starts from Brett Rippon. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, know. like you, you, I, you, those games were ugly, right? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the just, only th- they just they couldn't score. They were like the worst offense in the NFL with Russ, so it can't get that much worse in the scoring fair. department. Fair. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. All right, let's talk about Elijah Moore, who gets the Detroit Lions this week. Season high ten targets on Sunday against the Bills with twelve fantasy points. Here's the thing about Elijah Moore. This is a great matchup against the Detroit secondary that can be taken advantage of, but I don't know what it's going to look like with Mike White under center. He is not the guy. It is Garrett Wilson, and Corey Davis is not going away either. Corey Davis is someone in this offense that I think they still look he at. He got hurt on Sunday, though. Yeah. Corey Davis did. He's in the concussion protocol as well now, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll see. Um, I actually like Elijah Moore this week because uh, the matchup's really good, and I am going to do the inverse of what I did last week when I had Jared Goff as my favorite streamer of the week, assuming Mike White plays, and I get we still have to cross that barrier, but yep. if he does... I don't know enough to say like what percentage effectiveness he will be. So I'm going to assume he will be what we have grown accustomed to seeing from Mike White. And it's a great matchup. It's a great, great matchup. What does that mean, though? For when there's Elijah Moore? Yeah, when there's no one on a bye this week. Yeah, like he would be like a borderline flex consideration for me. The big question Mm -hmm. mark is how consistent the volume will be. Two, six, and then ten targets over his past three games. Those ten were really good this past week. And if Corey Davis is out, 
Mike White is in against the Lions, I think a top 30 play is very much alive for Elijah Moore. Yeah, I think he's just n- laughing because when you said Lions, you automatically said Lions? Lions? <laughs> Lions? Like, it's, <laughs> like it's a required inflection Lions? after the Lions. Um, Lions? Yeah, I'm with you. If Corey Davis surprisingly played with a head injury, I'll be surprised based on the timelines we've the seen this works, year. I'll yeah. be surprised if he goes. But if, if Davis plays, I would not be touching more. I mean, keep in mind, he had seven yards and six targets the week before, right? He just, he's yeah. the three in this offense, and yep. they use Tyler Conklin in the running backs a lot. Uh, but if Davis is Adam with you, I think he's at least a flex option. Flex option. That's, I'm okay with a flex option. But it hasn't been, I don't feel like he has been trending up so much as he has been. Last week was a big performance. This week, last week he had a lot of volume, and this yeah. week he has well, a really Well, he's trending great. up in the sense of like he used to not get targets at all. And now at least he's getting some <laughs> targets. At least he's getting some targets. That's fair. Remember when Zach Wilson mm. refused to throw him the football? Mm. You know who else is getting a ton of targets now that they're finally out on the football field? I know where you're going with this. Keenan Allen. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I am so unbelievably thrilled to have Keenan Allen back on the field. Him and Mike Williams both. You and the Chargers. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. And Justin Herbert finally. managers. Justin Herbert managers have got to be thrilled to have him back on the field when you're looking at these two wide receivers field is there is there anything that slows you down or is this like man i am pumped they are hitting their stride now heading into the playoffs only thing like the only thing that caught my attention for mike williams was i believe he was third in wide receiver snaps for the chargers this past week okay maybe that number grows this week as he gets fully healthy behind josh i think so because for the eye test like that was mike williams that was Mike yeah, Williams, and that's absurd, that's when right? he should have come back. I mean, not not that it w- would have had to bed this many weeks later, but if you look at the difference going into the week where he got injured after one play, you know, aggravated his uh, ankle injury, he hadn't really done anything in practice. He barely tested it and was trying to get back. You tack on a couple more weeks with a lot more work, and boy, he looked like a different player. So looks uh, fantastic. much better. Yeah, it's so weird that Chargers offense looks much better suddenly. What happened yeah. there? Yeah. Good players around them, right? Like yeah. their yeah. two I mean, best geez. receivers are out there healthy. Yeah. By, by the way, we're getting more uh, boom than bust out of Mike Williams too. 19 or more fantasy points at five of eight this year. So when he's been healthy, and obviously I'm excluding the game where he saw right, right. You know, yep. one, a couple snaps, but uh, he's been awesome. And also Keenan Allen, 15 plus and three straight. His targets keep going up, so... They both been great. You're yeah. starting them both. Yeah, you want you want as much of this offense as you can on Sunday against the Titans. Mm-hmm. The only concern you have is that because the Titans have now lost back to back games and looked really terrible in those two games, is that Mike Vrabel is going to pull a rabbit out of his hat mm-hmm. like he normally does, and this mm-hmm. game is going to be like that Titans Chiefs game where it was twenty to seventeen in overtime. Yeah, uh, that that is not actually going to influence my rankings. I have all <laughs> of those Chargers receivers. I have both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen ranked very highly. Uh, and other star players are ranked very highly as well for the Chargers. I just know that this is a funny game we play. I, I was just going to say that. That's how you know you've been playing fantasy a long time. You know when it's like 100%, this is easy, we got this, there's no way this is a low-scoring game. It's like think about know, this. 13-10 it's every time. week 15 this, or week 14 that we just came off of. That was the first week that Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams were all healthy and playing together. Yep. That's crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. And they are, those wide receivers are definitely heating up towards what, you know, we are hoping they're going to do. But Justin Herbert last four weeks has just been good. Like straight up has been fantastic from a, from a quarterback standpoint, 18 or more fantasy points in four straight weeks, 330 or more passing yards and multiple touchdowns in all of those weeks. And that is in large part 
to this offense getting healthy at the Including right time. Him. Because I, we talk about this all the time. People are like, okay, Justin Herbert's back. He's healthy. He never missed time. He nope. played through that awful rib injury. And we talked about how it would affect him, but you just sort of forget because the guy keeps going. So three weeks past the rib cartilage injury, people are still like, yeah, I, Justin Herbert just doesn't look that great. I'm like, yeah, by the way, the guy is playing in tons of pain and he's probably not moving the way he's supposed to. And he was without Keenan Allen, et cetera. But you can tell that he is healthier and playing freer and moving better. That's all part of it. Yeah, and, he, look, yeah, and I would think fantasy people out there are probably like, okay, he's been much better, guys. I agree with you. But he also has under 20 in three out of his past four games. So, like, we're, we're going to, like, you know, he hasn't quite carried me like we hoped. But he looks so much better. The pieces around him are so much better. And if they just convert a couple of extra touchdowns, which – they're going to go for it on fourth down, that's yep. for sure. Then he will have those bigger boom games. Yeah, so. I think there's a lot of reason for optimism. This is the pass-heaviest offense in the NFL. Uh, not uh, not adjusting for game script, but their defense has struggled, so they have to throw it a lot, which is fine. They're over yep. 70%. Check this out. He is second in pass attempts this season. He was second last year as well when he was a top three quarterback. The difference is his yards per pass attempt Way it down. was seven and seven and a half last year. It's 6.6, and a lot of that has to do with him not being yep. fully healthy and, yep. of course, not having Williams and Allen. So, if we yeah. expect that to recover now going forward, he should be in good shape. Not running a lot, which is part of what you're talking about, Field, where he hasn't yeah. had that ceiling. But I think from a fantasy standpoint, he should deliver top five, six numbers going forward. Yeah, you certainly love the matchup this week, as we said, against oh, Titans. Tougher the following week at Indianapolis at because they're a stingy defense in the secondary specifically. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, Justin Herbert on fire with this one. We've made the switch from trending to on fire here. Let's talk about another guy. This guy's on, on fire. fire. This guy's oh, truly yeah. on fire. Miles like, Sanders. <laughs> it's been awesome. Mike, I, I sort of want to just open up the floor because Miles Sanders told all of us, don't draft me in, in fantasy football. And then he's come out here and it's not just him, but like he has looked fantastic as the lead back in this Eagles backfield. Yeah, I'm glad he said that because his ADP dropped a little. It did. We, we really <laughs> get him in more leagues. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> Top five score two of the last three weeks. A good stat from Kyle here too. Four running backs have at least three games with 28 fantasy points this season. This kind of speaks to high ceilings. Josh Jacobs. Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders. Wow. Right? So he is, wow. he's been awesome. List. Ninth in touches at running back, ninth in yards, and that's with a limited receiving role. We've yep. been picking on him all year for that. And year. more times in the end zone. Yeah. Like yeah that, was the, that was the touchdowns. knock on him was like, Miles Sanders will run the ball, but he won't find the end zone. And now he's got 11 touchdowns this year. Had a total of 12 through his first three seasons. It's going to be great when, like, at the end of this year, when he has, like, let's say 13 total touchdowns, we're going to be able to say, over the past two seasons, <laughs> yes. Miles yes. Sanders has scored 13 Three touchdowns. Touchdown. A very respectable, like, you know, that's be like 13th amongst all running backs. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, he's, he's going to have to slow down, though. He's going to be on the touchdown regression list going the other <laughs> way. Know, He'll be projected for, like, seven next year. There's no way that Miles Sanders, in spite of his lack of passing game usage, he's like a set-it-and-forget-it guy for your fantasy playoffs with how well he's playing right now. No doubt about it. And his targets are up a little bit where he was getting, like, zero or one. He has eight in his last three games. So, again, it's, it's like Pacheco, right? At least we're getting two, three targets. That's great. We'll take that for a guy that's dominating on the ground. And Mike obviously is the best and has everything, you know, has the, all the statistical sort of angles that are covered to influence a decision. I would just say also that, like, even if the target share is not incredible and you're fearful that, like, eventually the touchdowns are not going to come in as much bulk, like, if you have Miles Sanders, you're not benching him. He's been way too good. This right. is the same about Christian Watson recently. It's a different circumstance, but, like, at some point, the bubble is going to burst the Christian Watson. I'm going to play Christian Watson until that bubble bursts. Yeah. That's I don't how know. fantasy football works. I don't know if that bubble is going to burst as much with Miles Sanders, just with how explosive oh, this offense obvious. is. Yeah, I mean, but I know what you're saying. When a player is red hot, regardless of what like the indicators are, 
unless it's the most, unless it's Clyde Edwards at the beginning of the year, where like all he did was score touchdowns. He like had like four carries for nine touchdowns somehow. Like mm-hmm. it's it's literally impossible. Yeah. Other than that, like if a guy's red hot, you're playing. You know who else is red hot right now, Mike? Oh, Devonta Smith. Yeah, he is. He's been fantastic. I feel like it was going back and forth between it's either an AJ Brown week or a Devonta Smith week. And lately it has been both of them being able to eat at the same time. Yeah. And it's consistent targets. He's had at least eight and five straight games. Right. And that's what we were not getting earlier this season. He'd have 10 and then he'd have three or something. It was just back and forth. So, yeah, I mean, he's been he's been great. As long as they keep targeting him like that, he's going to be fine in a great matchup against Chicago. Second most fantasy points over expected to quarter uh, to uh, wide receivers. To wide this receivers. Season, so it's just fun. Uh, to, I've I've never really rooted for the Eagles. And it's I, fun. It's good. I good certainly group, I will know because I mean NFC, you know, and I certainly sure, won't sure. be, in, you know, potentially in a in the couple NFC of weeks. championship game. Yeah. However, what's fun for me to watch is not only the development of their quarterback because he's phenomenal, but these two receivers are so totally different in style. Mm-hmm. And and I think now it's like they're utilizing them. You know, it, we, we do all the quantitative stuff. Obviously, that matters. But just qualitatively, if you look at Devontae Smith is an amazing runner. Like, he's just so fluid. And, so, and A.J. Brown is strong and elusive. Somehow, he that new metric they developed for wide receivers that I, I can't remember the name of it. It's long term. But he gets more open than any other wide receiver. It's actually really impressive because you don't think of him as that guy. He's big and strong, but they're very, very different in how they play. And I think that Jalen Hurts is running an offense with enough confidence that he can make use of both of them. Makes you wonder why the Titans let him go. Stop like, it. He's just stop. Well, good. well the guy, the guy, don't not right now. Bear. Don't poke. Save it for an offseason podcast. All right, that's yeah, fair. we so, can do it then. Stefania, let's talk about Tony Pollard. Well, I can't have too many victories. <laughs> I know. I know. I, know. I was just going to say the guy who traded him away. You know, what's he doing today? <laughs> Watching the show. Watch, watching the show. Maybe, yeah. maybe. All What's right, up, so let's talk about Tony Pollard. And I mean, honestly, you could talk about either of these Cowboys running backs, but Tony Pollard has been absolutely fantastic yeah, yeah, on yeah. fire. Any reason why you think that is going to change here? Or are you trusting him going through are the you, fantasy are playoffs? Are you giving this to me because I was on the Zeke train at the start of the year? No. You want to remind me of that? That and is not is, it. I, here's what I'll say. I, I was right that the Cowboys were going to continue to use Zeke. They certainly did. Uh, and I, I I, have to look, it's hard when the older uh, person in the group has to look back and say, hey, the younger guy is the faster. Level, the, yeah. <laughs> the incumbent. There you go. Is the, the younger one's faster and stronger and more explosive. But the fact that Zeke like was like, okay, that, that is true and that is happening and sort of embraced it. I feel like it actually has benefited the offense as a whole because they found ways to make use of both of them. Tony Pollard is going to get you more yardage. He is going, he's always at risk for a big play. Um, I, I, like, yeah, I think it keeps going. Look at their, look, they're playing Jacksonville next. Mm-hmm. So that's a lovely matchup. Uh, the Eagles a little bit tougher, but I think they're going to continue to run the ball. So the I mean, volume of work is going to be not, you're going to start, you're definitely starting Pollard. You probably could make a case one way or the other. Yeah, I'm for starting Zeke. Zeke as a. They're both. In, they're yeah. both in my yeah. top fifteen this it's week. The most mm-hmm. dominant this rushing. Week, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah. Most dominant rushing attack when only looking at the running backs this season. Like Philly's got the best. Oh, no doubt about because, it. Because but yeah. you have to factor Jalen in Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yeah. who's already become the first quarterback ever with back-to-back ten-plus rushing touchdown seasons. But the Cowboys are, and when you have that dominant rushing attack, you can support two backs in fantasy, which is what the Cowboys have done. 
Lockett, I'm sorry, Lockett. Uh, Pollard still looks like a whole different player when he plays, but Zeke's been good. Six straight uh, six straight games with a rushing touchdown, and mm-hmm. he's getting a lot of volume. So much as I would uh, like to see more from Tony Pollard, we the Cowboys wouldn't. are not going to. Yeah, but yep. the Cowboys are going to continue to be disciplined <laughs> with their formula, and it's working. They are 10-3. and three. Yeah, I Wait, think it's fine. I was just yeah. going to say, I think it's fine what they're doing lately. They've kind of made Pollard the 1A kind yeah. of, but it's. I think that's fine as long as... Pollard's now way behind Zeke like he was earlier this season. It's fine. So I, it's working for him. And also, I think it, I, I'm still going to stick to my point that I think that it is working for them. And I'm not convinced that if they like bench Zeke and were 100% Pollard, that he would be as productive. I think the, the, the fact that they're able to utilize both helps them. That's tricky because in the two opportunities he's gotten to play, he's it absolutely is, but been is the it best sustainable over an That's a question. Season. I don't know. Yeah. And most teams who have relied on one running back will tell you that that is not working right now. That's Stephania. the problem. You don't want them to like wear him down. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. you can't, I don't, right. I want, I, even if I had him in fantasy, I mean, I guess if I had him in fantasy short term, I would want Pollard to get <laughs> right. 30 touches, but right. if right. I was trying to it. build a whole season of production, I wouldn't, That's I'd be, I'm fine point. with this. That's I don't need a point. whole season though. I need, I need a four game season right now of 35 yeah. touches. He's got to have 20 Pollard on his fantasy. <laughs> <league>. That's right. <laughs> That's now right. now we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Tyler Lockett field. You, you quickly mentioned him real fast. He's been fantastic. He has been unreal with Geno Smith under center, six straight games with a touchdown. Mike must hate him. I don't understand why. Well, because no, I he don't just keeps scoring touchdowns. Oh, that's what it is. Like the DFS lineups. Yeah. No the, way. Uh, he's been he's been underrated his whole career. I love the guy. I mean, yeah. he just is he breaking the regression mold with that's six straight I mean, touchdowns? I mean, he'll come stuff. back to earth, but he's fine. I mean, he has what eight plus <laughs> touchdowns in five straight seasons. Who does he come back he's, to work? He's so awesome. He's ridiculous. Does yeah. he do that against San Francisco? Because here's the thing: yeah. Ty Lockett has been great, but now he gets Stefania San Francisco 49ers. Definitely a tougher matchup than what he's had recently. Not against receivers, right? Mm, yeah, the secondary can be had, and they're they're. They had yet another loss on defense. Okay. So, yeah. That's uh, that's how you have to attack the Niners. We talked about yeah. this with Tampa last don't week, throw right? It, run it. Y- I mean, don't run it. Yeah, you don't run it. And that's what they did, by yeah. the way. I mean, the Bucks weren't, they couldn't score, but they had like 52 dropbacks and 15 runs or something. Like, and this game at Seattle, at Seattle, always plays San Francisco tough. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. I've got a tricky Geno decision this Thursday week. Thursday night game. All sorts yeah. of. Uh oh, who is it? Gino, Gino, Trevor Lawrence, Sean Watson. Ooh, they're all like, they're all within three in our ranks. That is tough. That's tough. The thing is that like, and this is something that I hope the masses can relate to is that if you play a guy on Thursday night and he duds, just a dreadful feeling. Oh, yeah. Uh It's like weekend's over. Weekend's yep. over. It's yep. like, why Why did I even bother? Mm. And so with... You want to call out of the Friday podcast. You're like, I don't even want to show up to work. That makes <laughs> me not feel good. <laughs> Guys, I um, I borrowed Stefania's private jet. And I am now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to be a coast. Well, speaking of tough performances, Dalvin Cook. Can we talk about Dalvin Cook really quickly? <laughs> sure, this why not? Not just about the Detroit Lions, but Dalvin Cook... Moving on to playoff trends for cooling down. He got shut down by the Lions this week. Under 10 fantasy points, 15 carries for 26 yards. He did find the end zone, which was great. But he's been under 10 fantasy points in two, sorry, in three of his last four games, Mike Clay. Yeah, I'm uh, okay with Cook. I think I'll be fine. I'm confident for a couple of reasons. First of all, how many running backs have more touches the last three weeks? Probably not many. One. Josh Jacobs. That's okay. it. I mean, he's still getting tons of volume. Ton of volume. 16 yep. or more touches in three straight touchdowns in two straight. And the uh, if you include week 18, the Vikings have the easiest remaining schedule for running back. So I'm not worried about Cook. He's still getting the volume. Same. He's a good player. Great matchups. Same, same. Fi- keep firing him up. 
All right. Not worried about Dalvin Cook. What about Alvin Kamara, Field? Nope, not worried. Not worried about Alvin Kamara either. Mark Ingram just got hurt. He's probably out for at least the rest. He's probably out for the rest of the regular season. I guess you have to say at least because in the NFC South, the yeah. Saints are technically still alive. Uh, David Johnson was signed from the practice yes. squad yesterday to the 53-man roster. Uh, and yesterday, Dennis Allen talked about how they need to get Alvin Kamara the ball more. And I think they're being a bit stubborn because of Mark Ingram's presence. And he's a very, very, very respected and useful player for them. But because of Mark Ingram's absence, I expect a whole bunch more of Alvin Kamara and hopefully a whole bunch more in the passing game than we saw last Monday. Mm-hmm. Night. Also, yeah. an extremely easy remaining schedule as well mm-hmm. for uh, Saints running backs. But it is kind of unreal. Kamara's three touchdowns this season. They were all in one game. Absurd. That's it. Oh, is, my God. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, that's a weird that's stat. Yeah. yeah. That is crazy. Uh, what about Mike Evans? Does this Mike is, Evans I, think the, I think this is an important one here. I yeah. think this one is mm-hmm. this one is hard because I benched Mike Evans this last week. Smart. Yeah. And this is the lead of field pass. So I'll take a little bit of this. I'm tired to spoil the column, Keith. But just like this is what I would say is like we need a name for this kind of dilemma. But this is one of the trickiest dilemmas in fantasy football. A guy who is true superstar talent. He might go to the Hall of Fame one day. That's how Mm -hmm. special Mike Evans has been. I don't think Mike Evans as a player has regressed physically this season, but the biggest fear you have is that you bench Mike Evans and he just goes off in a game because he's capable of it. No player had more receiving touchdowns over the three seasons leading into this one than Mike Evans. He could seriously score three touchdowns in a given week. He also hasn't scored a touchdown since October 2nd. he almost did this week without it being called. There was That's a penalty. Twice. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, but still, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. But Donovan Smith holds it every single play. I know. He's the most penalized player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So yep. like those could happen again. Yeah. But he hasn't been a top 30 receiver over the past five weeks. Mm-hmm. So what do you do here? I have him as wide receiver 29. That's the lowest I've probably ever ranked Mike Evans, even in what looks like over the next couple of, well, Cincinnati is a tougher matchup. Arizona makes me a little bit nervous, but Cincinnati this week hasn't allowed a wide receiver touchdown other than the Traylon Burks fumble recovery in the end zone for three straight games. What do you do here, Mike? Yeah, I think that uh, if you want some justification to keep starting him, I mean, first of all, it's Mike Evans, but also the volume 10 targets Brady. last week, nine or more in five of his last seven. So yeah. if you're talking about a guy like Mike Evans seeing eight to 10 targets a game, I mean, that's, that's really hard to bench. It is tough. And also, we might be having a different conversation if those two long touchdowns were caught. Like the one was an absurd drop. Like he just doesn't drop passes like that wide open oh, touchdown yeah. about a month ago. Yep. And then this week, of course, had the hold. There was another wide Atlanta. open 68. That was yard against touchdown. Atlanta, I believe. The uh, the wide yeah, open. Yeah, they, they didn't yeah. score the a touchdown. There was nobody just, on him. And he was like, just, yeah. just fluky. They said Nonsense, it was like but. the most yards of separation by a player and like the, since ESPN began <laughs> tracking started. that in which he dropped that pass as well. He was so open, he was confused and he <laughs> dropped the ball. Like, what's going confused. on, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Was, there, was this play whistled dead or something? Yeah. Yeah. What did I miss here? Field, you mentioned field pass a couple times just in case people uh, don't know when it comes out. When does field pass come out? Thursday. Thank you for asking, Daniel. Thursday morning, early, we cover whatever is on the mind for the week. So we've got four more left. And I've been making it a, uh, a thing recently. Like we're doing some 2023 look ahead content as oh, well we because that. some yeah. people either out of the playoffs or just are really excited about the offseason like if you're a bears fan you got a hundred million bucks to spend this offseason could you dip into the free agency pool right. are you, some uh, very compelling okay. free agents you think in well. rankings you got like you know you're picking um, first think, overall I'm next year maybe the last column week 18 will be dedicated towards like my like if i were to do the first 15 picks of yeah. 2020 really, like yeah. yeah yeah fun oh you do it too oh yeah uh it's called Pass field. Mike pass. We're going to call it no, Mike pass. You should call it on pass field because you did pass field routinely. That's, on the go-kart. Oh, 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 
Oh! Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Bye, Shut Fields. it down. Good show. See ya. Stefania wasn't even there. Yes. She's bringing zingers. That yes. was incredible. Thank you. All right. All right. Field has left the studio. I was not watching the. Thank you, Stefania. I set it up and she just slammed it right home. This is my nightmare. (laughs) The 49ers and the Eagles are playing so. What am I going to say? I know. know, It's just like they're they're, they're riding high right now. That was so I I drive cautiously for a reason. I was trying to be respectful of the others on the course. Meanwhile, Mike is like freaking. He is. Speed Lightning McQueen over here. No, yeah, we're going to bring no. this up every show for the rest of the time. <laughs> All right, let's talk yes. about one more player. One more player real quickly, and it is Christian Kirk. Keep Christian Kirk. I would keep starting him as well. He had a great game against the Detroit Lions. He has had two other games surrounding that that's been a little bit lower, yeah. Mike Clay, but just it's just a little bit. This, not enough to get off of Christian Kirk. Yeah, this is one of the things you could play with the numbers, right? Under 10 fantasy points, two of his last three. But 16 or more fantasy points in three of his last five, right? You could play that game all day. He's been fine. Seven plus targets at seven straight games. He's fifth in touchdowns. He's been productive. He's highly targeted. He's Trevor Lawrence's go-to guy. You're starting him. Even against Dallas this week, not worried about the uh, the defense no, I, here. I mean, they have a tougher matchup going forward, but they're throwing it a lot. Lawrence is playing well. Yeah. He's his top guy. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, one of the things that you can do if you're ever worried about a performance, Mike, is we have this drink that you can use while you watch mm-hmm. football to be able to help make you feel better. And that drink is Miller Lite. That's right. Nice. Yeah. Tis the season to get together with good friends and great drinks. And that means tis Miller time. Sure, the holidays can be stressful. And by holidays, I mean the fantasy playoffs. All the more reason to raise a glass or can to keeping things uncomplicated. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with the taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just great beer. Not only is Miller Lite a great tasting light beer, it's also a great gift for the beer lovers in your life. And for even more gift ideas perfect for beer lovers, visit the Miller Lite shop site at shop.millerlite.com. Their new holiday collection features everything from cozy beer-inspired holiday sweaters to drinkable ornaments from your tree. This holiday, tis Miller time. So enjoy Miller time with friends and family. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com slash FFF to find delivery options near you so you can give the gift of Miller time this holiday season. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. Tis Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Well, of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, your truck, your motorcycle, your boat, your RV, even help with your homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today. See all the ways that you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, bringing in our buddy, Eric Moody, for the Waiver Wire. Today's Waiver Wire is brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico. See the way all the ways that you could save. And Eric Moody, last week... I want to say thank you very much for having Jared Goff as one of the streaming quarterback options that you had. If you used him, it definitely paid off. Here in week 15, the first week of the fantasy playoffs here at ESPN, what quarterback streaming options do you have for us now? It's funny that you did mention Jared Goff because you know what? I am going to mention Jared Goff again. What? He, he is the quarterback that fantasy managers are not clamoring to insert into lineups, but when you need him, he delivers. And like you mentioned, Dop, I'm like, he had what, 26.1 fantasy points last week. You know, he's had 17 or more fantasy points in three consecutive games. But here's the, um, you know, the disclaimer is that all of those games have been 
at home. So I do have some concerns, yeah. you know, with three of his final four <laughs> games coming on the road. And, and here's why I'm concerned. I'm going to give you a stat, you know, that, that's going to quantify my concerns is that golf has only averaged 8.5 fantasy points per game on the road. Mm. So the trend, it could be broken because just given the state of the quarterback position, we had Kyler Murray going down last night. And you, you may need to use Goff in the first round of the playoffs. And so I think he's a solid QB2 with upside. The trend can be broken because he does have an abundance of playmakers. Jameson Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Shark. We know about the running back situation there with Jamal Williams and, and DeAndre Swift. So he's positioned for success. So pick him up. He's at least got an offense that is moving the football and scoring points. Although yes. I do not love him in outdoor games. Uh, I don't know if it's just the L.A. kid in him, but he just doesn't <laughs> doesn't necessarily love playing cold outdoor <laughs> games. And Eric Moody, the quarterback that he could potentially be going up against and maybe a streaming option this week, if healthy, is Mike White, who he is playing in New York this week. Yeah, I do like Mike White. You look at the schedule. They got Detroit, Jacksonville, and the Seahawks matchups line up very nicely one thing about white i know he scored 17 or more fantasy points in two out of his last three games hasn't thrown a touchdown pass though in consecutive games despite 101 attempts um but here's something i'm going to talk about you can't quantify it for fantasy but i'm going to i'm going to dive into it anyway i'm like he is in full control and command of this team and they're buying into what he's selling now one of the offensive linemen connor mcgovern called White, I'm going to read the quote, the epitome of what hopefully everyone in this locker room is willing to do to win. And so when you have that type of following in the locker room, this is a team for where they're going to go all out for Mike White and for this team and to win games. And because of that, you know, I do like Mike White as a streamer. I'm like, as I mentioned, the quarterback position, a lot of injuries that we've dealt with, uh, season-changing injuries as we approach the playoffs. So if you're in need, don't overlook Mike White. He's got an excellent matchup against the Lions defense. They just allowed Kirk Cousins to score a season-high 25 <laughs> fantasy points. So he's a solid QB2 with upside. Pick up Mike White if you are in need. Yeah, and start Garrett Wilson. Hopefully Garrett Wilson puts up a Justin Jefferson-type performance for all of us here in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. From a running back position, let's talk about the Chiefs. All right, we talked about Isaiah Pacheco. Earlier on in the show, he's been getting a ton of runs, so much volume on the ground, and he's got two great games back-to-back. But he's not the only running back in that Chiefs backfield, Eric Moody, as Jarek McKinnon is someone that might be able to be rostered here. No, you're right. You know, I was sitting there watching that game uh, on Sunday, and I was thinking, wow, Jarek McKinnon is having himself a day. And I know uh, Isaiah managers were probably keeping their fingers crossed and hoping it was like can he get a touchdown too to kind of propel you know his fancy <laughs> line a little bit higher but one but one thing about McKinnon I'm like his 23 touches over the last two weeks I'm like he's 94 yards three touchdowns he's reached double digit fantasy points in four of six games since the bye week and he's tied to one of the top offenses uh, in the league in Kansas City I believe they rank in the top five in both points scored per game and also in total yards per game and we all know the highlight reel of Patrick Mahomes kind of flicking the ball to McKinnon Mm -hmm. I believe on his first touchdown and so the rapport is there he's tied to a great offense he's someone I'm looking at as like a flex option with upside if you are in need as we approach the fantasy playoffs yeah he's a great option on a high scoring offense getting utilized within the passing game if you can't grab Jerick McKinnon is there another running back off the waiver wire that you like 
Yeah, you, you got to look at uh, you got to look at Chuba Hubbard. Um, great schedule. Uh, the Steelers looks like the, uh, the Lions, Buccaneers, and Saints uh, moving forward. And one thing about having Sam Darnold back under center, I'm like, this is a Panthers team that's leaned heavily on the running game, uh, which creates an environment, I would say, for Hubbard to thrive and also Deontay Foreman. And he had his best game of the season with uh, 19 fantasy points. Uh, if you look at all three of I would say the Panthers' uh, remaining opponents. They all rank in the top half of the league in terms of running back fantasy points allowed. But uh, I'll leave you with this, Dob. One thing about the Panthers, I'm like they lead the league in rushing attempts with 199 uh, between the tackles, and they rank second in rushing yards between the tackles with 926 since week seven. This team loves to run the football. Hubbard's obviously a part of that, and I do like him as a flex option with upside. Heck yeah. All right, let's move ahead to pass catchers here really quickly, Eric. And we've been talking, not just me, uh, but I know you have as well. There is one pass catcher we have been saying a bunch. (laughs) Hey, maybe get ahead of the curve for when a different quarterback comes back. And that's Donovan Peoples-Jones, who is still available in more than 50% of leagues. Please tell people why they need a roster. Donovan Peoples-Jones. I know I should just hit like an audio clip just to repeat like what I've been saying for weeks. And so you look at week 14 with Donovan Peoples-Jones had a season high in catches with eight yards, targets, fantasy points, over 13 fantasy points in four of his last five games um, since the week nine bye. I had to think about that for a minute. Got great rapport with uh, Deshaun Watson as we've seen. And one thing that I like about the connection between Watson and Peoples-Jones is that he's the only Browns wide receiver that's getting vertical targets. So that mm-hmm. bodes well for him during the fantasy playoffs. So I do like Peoples-Jones as a flex option with upside. And, you know, I've said it for weeks on end, just just pick him up. I'd love to see his roster percentage increase as I look at uh, ESPNFantasy.com. So I'm let's totally make it happen, with people. Let's totally happen. with you. He needs totally. to be on the back end of rosters no matter what. He's a guy that has been continuing to produce <laughs> In spite of the fact that when we think of the Browns, we think of a run-first offense or we think of Amari Cooper. But no, there are two pass catchers in this offense that are actually working here. So go out and grab DPJ. Let's talk about another wide receiver. And that's Darius Slayton, who gets the Minnesota Vikings. And in case everyone forgot, the Minnesota Vikings are really bad. Really, really, really bad against wide receivers in fantasy, Eric Moody. Yeah, no, you're you're right, Doc. You got to love the remaining schedule. I'm like um, that you know, the Giants have. Bodes well for uh, for Slayton. Uh, had a season-high uh, 90 yards back in Week 13 uh, against the Commanders. Uh, you look at, like, Minnesota, and, like, they allow the second-most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. So the schedule bodes well for Slayton. I like him quite a bit. I'm like, he's got double-digit fantasy points in six of his last eight games. And so, you know, he's someone that I would end up picking up. Uh, the schedule's great. Got a connection with Daniel Jones. And who else is he going to throw to, right? Who else is there indeed? That is really where it's at with Darius Slayton. One more guy to be able to talk about, and that's DJ Chark, who over the last two weeks has looked pretty good. Eric, do you think it keeps rolling? Yeah. Now, I do think he keeps rolling. I, I do like Chark uh, quite a bit. Uh, consecutive games of over uh, 90 yards and 14 fantasy points. Now, I know we have some concerns over the, uh, the home road splits with, um, you know, with Jared Goff how that could impact Shark. But just given you know the state of the wide receiver position and fantasy managers really looking for options, you know I would go ahead and pick him up. So one thing I just like about the Lions offense, they've performed really well over the last three or four games. Off has so many playmakers surrounding him. I'm like, it will be difficult for him to, to truly face plant, but I guess we'll see Dop in the coming weeks of all these road games, but I do feel good about Shark. Wow, I'm with you there actually as well, and this one might be a little bit tough. Again, the outdoor game, we'll see how Jared Goff plays, but... <laughs> Jared Goff has needed to find 
somebody to help take the top off the defense. And as much as Jamison Williams comes back and gets that touchdown, and we're all excited for the rookie, he played like nine snaps. It's not it's not Jamison Williams. It is DJ Chark right now. And so I'm totally with you. DJ Chark is the deep shot that I would take in that Lions offense. And I think that maybe over the last four weeks, there might be a couple of options where you can maybe use them, especially in deeper leagues or DFS. So, Eric, thank yeah, you so absolutely. much. You've got the waiver wire coming out. Tell people where they can find not just your waiver wire, but everything else that you do here on ESPN. Yeah, I'm like if you're big on social media, you know, you like interacting, you like sports. Follow me at Eric M. Moody, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, you know, Twitter. I use that handle on pretty much every single social media platform. But I know you mentioned about the waiver wire column. Got the daily notes out there, too, every Monday through Friday. So if you need an update on what you miss in news from the previous day, start your morning off with tea, coffee, monster energy drink, whatever you drink, and read the daily notes. It's published like every morning, every weekday morning. And so... I can also do WNBA and fantasy basketball as well, sports betting and fantasy. So I'm, I'm a very busy man, but always happy to help. Very busy guy, Eric Moody. Start your day off with the daily notes. Maybe listen to a little Three Little Birds, maybe some unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. I don't know. Find whatever makes you happy. Put that on. <laughs> For everybody here on the Fantasy Focus, including Eric, Field, Stefania, and Mike Clay, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us and listening to this show for an hour. It means so much that you let us into your lives for an hour every day. Don't forget to love each other. Please be kind to yourself. You deserve that. You are an awesome human being. We can't wait to see you tomorrow. We'll see you on Wednesday. She's got a smile. That'll melt your heart She's always there To lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge Is just the start Her skills Are highly in demand She's our Bay Area lady Out there hustling for us With advice That we really trust Your favorite gal, she's to find you best.